Welcome to the My Home, My Mission podcast, a conversation about life at the intersection of faith and family. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am Chris, and I am your co-host, hanging out in studio this morning with my friend Jordan. Welcome back. Man, it's good. It seems like forever since we've sat down in studio to record. And uh, as we're recording this, uh, they can't see, but we're getting ready for football season. So I'm wearing my bright orange Clemson shirt because we're going to run the tables this year. I'm just oh, going to throw that out there, lay it out there up front, and be done with it. And okay? I'm ready so, for football season with my Rangers, my Texas Rangers shirt on today. I, I'm glad to know the Rangers are a football team. That's <laughs> great to know. Man, I knew I didn't know anything about baseball, but you're really helping me with this one. So <laughs> good deal. Hey, uh, this week, we're going to kick off a multi-week series on the subject of communication and uh, talking about different aspects of that. Uh, just to kind of set the table, I spent um, recently, I spent some time on a Sunday just kind of talking through how our words, the power that's in them to build and all, and just feel like there's more to say about that and really an opportunity for us to do some application on it. So that's kind of the big idea for the next few weeks. And Jordan, you're going to kind of lead us through some of that discussion, I think. Yeah, I think so. So the the idea here and and just this pa- just this past week when when you preached this message, I, I heard a lot of feedback from people. And so this is one of those this is one of those topics in the Bible that is gonna affect every Christian. Everybody deals with speech. Everybody that speaks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> deals that's right. with speech. And so it's something that's uh it can be uh, it can be edifying or it can be tearing down. It can be a, it, it's, it's definitely a battleground for yep. the believer. So the, the big idea here is the, the Bible has a lot to say about our speech, about yeah. our words. That's right. That's right. Um, so starting off at Proverbs eighteen twenty one, mm-hmm. yep says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's right. So it's such a it's such a big piece, and I don't want this to sound like a Tony Robbins broadcast or something, or a Zig Ziglar or Dale Carnegie or you know one of the Nightingale. I'm really dating myself now. Most of you don't know what a Nightingale uh, tape series is, but anyway, that's all that. I don't posit- know what that yeah, is. I know you don't. I know you don't. So, <laughs> but people my age What's the do. Tape? No, What's a tape? I know That's what a tape is. funny. That's funny. It's what you wrap up a Christmas present with. You hold the paper <laughs> together. So um, uh, anyway, it's not a positive attitude thing or like, hey, let's just have a word face, speak words into existence. But it is a recognition that our words carry with them weight. Mm. And uh, Jesus speaks of those both as an outcome. Um, they reveal something about us, and the Bible teaches us that they also inform us. So in other words, they can shape or mold us uh, as part of their power. I think that's what the writer of Proverbs was getting at uh, mm-hmm. in the use of our words there. So um, I guess probably one of the big pieces of that is well, the way we talk is really a barometer of our heart condition. And uh, yeah. Jesus spoke of that. Uh, he said, the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those are that which defile a man. That's Matthew fifteen eighteen. So um, it's one of those things that it reveals about us. It doesn't make us. I mean, you're not saved because of it. But what you say has to come from somewhere. 
And the Bible says buried deep down in the heart, the one that is so uh, that is deceptive above all things and desperately wicked, um, that down in there, there's stuff about us we don't always recognize, but we can when we examine the words that come from the mouth. Yeah. And uh, I, I know you agree with that. So, yeah. And, yeah. The, and Scripture is clear on the importance of examining yeah. ourselves, examining our heart. And one way to do that is just think, just do a do a little bit of an inventory of your of of our words what what how do i talk what what's my speech like what's it like when i'm with people what's it like when i'm not with people that's or right. what what's it like when i'm with the the people that know me best yeah that's a good good and, measure and i don't know that it even has to be just the outward expression of speech sometimes it's that mm. internal speech dialogue in our head that runs and uh, because all of those they're just unexpressed words they're not verbally expressed but yeah. god hears them he knows yeah. our he knows the meditations of our heart. So those are there, and they reveal our heart condition. That can be helpful. The second thing is our speech trains and informs our heart and mind. So um, it has the ability to train us, to shape our hearts, the way we think, the way we feel. Um, and uh, depending on how long we listen to a particular kind of talk uh, or in what concentration or what context, it can actually um, reform, if you will, the way we view the world. So uh, for an example, um, if you've got, a uh, say, a little league ball coach who goes around, he just yells at the kids, you're a bunch of losers, I can't believe you, you're never going to win anything. <laughs> the kids will start to think of themselves as, man, we can never win anything. And it's not that, I think he might intend that to be a big pump-up session, but he's trying to do it the way you might do it with a high schooler, not so much the way you do it with a mm-hmm. uh, with a little league. And at the same time, the way we affirm or encourage or build up um, others then uh, also shapes um, that with our words. So by telling someone, you know what, you're special, you're made in the image of God, man, you're a winner. God has a plan and purpose for you, can give a sense of feeling of purpose for um, ourselves, for our kids, for others, just in the power of words. So again, writer of yeah. Proverbs proves himself out to be uh, right in just about every way there I can think of. How about you? Yeah, I remember as a, let's see, I was, I was probably in eighth grade when I started hearing my youth pastor say to me, God's going to use you one day. He kept, he said mm-hmm. that to me. And I don't know if he said it to everybody yeah. or if he just said it to me, I don't know. But um, the power of his words in that I still remember today as a 39-year-old. Yeah. And I think back and, and I think, well, maybe maybe God's using me today because of the way he spoke into my life. And I I believed him. I said, well, I can't. I didn't want to disappoint. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot to live up to. That's right. Um, but it was encouraging to me. It encouraged me to to do what the Lord was calling me to do. Yeah. So it's uh it's it, a big deal. it is it really is a big deal um in every way I can think of. Um, you know, I've got I've got crazy stories along those lines, but you've heard me talk about um this heart change God did in me around the subject of worship, how I had to, if we were going to develop a, a lifelong worshipers in Jesus, so from the cradle to our senior saints, if they were going to be uh, outward expressors in song of mm-hmm. the glory of God, then I had to stop saying things like, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, and I can't sing, and I only play the radio, and things of that nature, because those words were simply, they were not only um, expressions to other people that it's okay to think 
of yourself as unable to do what God's created us to do. But they also kind of informed me. I just went around with this complete loop. I can't sing. I know I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. I can't do that. And that just reinforces itself over and over. So um, you've got to change really your your talk track that's running in your head uh, to be more biblically accurate. So not, hey, we're trying to convince ourselves of something that's not true, but what can we convince ourselves that is true in that process? And that requires yep. discipline. So, yeah, and and this isn't, you know, there are a lot of people out there that that wrongly believe that you can just you can declare something, you just say something, and it's it's going to be true. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're saying here. We're we're saying um, we're saying be uh, biblical and affirming in the words that we're saying to where we're we're saying this is what this is what scripture says mm-hmm. and this is what's true and we're encouraging we're building up like like the bible encourages us tells us to do build each other up not tear each other down so it's not there's a difference between that and um uh, trying to speak things into existence yeah, there's a right. lot of that out there and that's not that's not this yeah. This is better than that. <laughs> it, it's it's way better, and uh, and you know I think everything we find in culture um, that's untrue has mm. a a degree of truthfulness to it. Mm. Um, in fact, the best lies in the world are ninety five percent true, <laughs> going all the way back to Genesis three. But I digress. That's a great sermon, but we'll move on from there. It's another podcast. Yeah, totally. So the Bible teaches us to discipline our speech. When I was preparing to teach through that sermon. Uh, that uh, I shared on uh, August the 28th of uh, this year, 2022. Uh, when I prepared to do that, the um, one of the things I was looking at was how God requires us to shape, to discipline ourselves, to speak in a particular way. So Ephesians 5, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. I think that's kind of a key understanding there. Walk in love just as Christ loved you and gave himself up for us, and offering and sacrifice to God is a fragrant aroma. We're called to walk. That's always a biblical picture of the way we order the steps of our lives, how we live out our lives. We're called to walk in love, not just in an attitude of love, but in actual doing of love. Walk as Christ loved us, who gave himself up for us. That's how we know it's more than just an attitude or mindset. It's an action. And then uh, verse 4, Paul kind of puts some handles on that for us to grab in Ephesians 5. He says, There must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting for a saint, is what he's saying. But rather, instead of filthiness and silly talk and coarse jesting, we should be thankful to God and express our thanksgiving to Him. Um, Ephesians 4.29 said, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word, as is good for edification, for building up according to the need of the moment so that it'll give grace to those who hear. So when you take those pieces and you look at them, God's not neutral about our speech. He's instructive. He tells us you are to walk with an attitude, a motive, a heartbeat, and an action of love, and that should be seen in your speech. No filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, unwholesome words but rather giving of thanks and words that are good for edification according to the need of the moment so that God uses it as an instrument of grace to those who hear. Um, Do you ever find uh, in that that sometimes we as people think of our words as just kind of innocuous? I mean, they're not they're not part of those daily disciplines that God calls us to necessarily. 
they're just part of life. Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, it's one of those one of those things that we think uh, are not important. I was just having this conversation with my son in the car the other day. We were talking about the tube of toothpaste. Yeah. And just, I'm sure most of you have heard this, but in case you haven't, you you can't put toothpaste back in the tube once That's you right. squeeze it out. And once you say something, you can't take it back. It's out. It's it's done. And he argued with me. I bet we could figure out a way to get the toothpaste back in the <laughs> what tube. What a boy. But, <laughs> but that's that's the truth. We we act like words don't count, like they're not going to matter. Like we can just get away with it this one time. But they're once they're said, they're said. Yeah. And it's a big deal. And they have weight. Yeah. So they're, yeah. uh, everything we speak, there's no neutral word. We don't speak stuff in there that's just, hey, bless your heart, and it has no value. Um, yeah. Everything we do either increases a person or it decreases a person. And therefore, it, it uh, magnifies the Imago Dei in them, or it diminishes the Imago Dei, yeah. uh, or at least how we value the image of God. The image of God, I don't guess, changes, but how we value it is mm-hmm. shaped by the words that we use. So I thought it was interesting as Paul was writing to the Ephesians, you kind of wonder sometimes, or I do, um, wonder what was going on there that Paul uh, had to say to them, no silly talk, no coarse jesting, and no mm-hmm. unwholesome words. What what in the world was happening? I mean, were they just having crazy conversations or did everybody have a Facebook account? <laughs> and they were commenting on everything happening around Ephesus or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it speaks a lot to just our uh, our human nature, our our sin nature, that without, um, like you said, if we don't discipline our speech and take active steps to make our speech godly, we're going to drift toward that nature, and we're going to just tend toward um, coarse talk, and yeah. and it just seems like they needed this reminder, and I think. Uh, you know, we all need this reminder from time to time, which is why that message the other day hit home with, with so many, just because that's our tendency. And so we've got to actually work toward good speech. It doesn't just, doesn't just happen. It's one of those things we've got to discipline. Yeah. So, and my mom would be proud of this. So let me just touch on this next piece of it. Cause uh, she used hmm. to tell me growing up, she would say, you are the company that you keep. If you hang around with those people, you're going to be just like them. And the fact is, our speech is affected by the things that we take in. So um, if we're hanging out in, uh, if you'll excuse just the the terminology, if we're hanging out in the locker room all the time and we're talking locker room talk uh, in the locker room, we can't help but have that express itself out. Um, At the same time, if we're hanging out in a totally different environment, one that's different in its level of righteousness and its focus, its emphasis, that's bound to work itself out in the way our speech. So we kind of help discipline our output by disciplining and directing our input. Yeah. 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 That's good. The Um, shows we watch, the music we listen to, the people were, were around those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate, I hate that that's true because that requires us to discipline ourselves to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I can't take in that media or I can't listen to that news channel or follow this discernment blogger or whatever all the time because (laughs) it so affects my attitude, my disposition. Uh, Mm. Paul said to the church at Philippi, Philippians 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good reputation, if there's in, in any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on those things. So 
without telling us what not to listen to, he tells us, make sure you've got a positive, steady diet of things that you're dealing with, that you're allowing to come into your mind, your heart, your body, uh, so that uh, what comes out brings glory to Jesus. That all is part of the discipline. So, Yeah, and I think this is this is a different part of Philippians than I've I've studied Philippians two one through eleven and you know how Paul uses that if a a lot if Mm -hmm. there is this if there is that and what he means is since there is or Mm -hmm. there definitely is that's right he he says here if if there's any excellence if anything worthy of praise he's saying basically since there is something worthy of praise since there is something excellent to talk about dwell on these things, talk about these things. Yeah, and it makes it clear that we have a choice in the matter. We're not yeah. uh, we're not just stuck in a world where we have no options. We can choose whether we're going to be involved in unwholesome conversation or not. We can choose what we can focus on, what we can put into our minds and hearts, and uh, we get to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and since there's excellence and since there's things worthy of praise, then we ought to choose to focus on that which is honorable, right, pure, lovely, and of good reputation. Yep. So so here's where we kind of like to always take our podcast toward the end is to just say, what I do? If I'm, if I'm wondering right now, am I, is my heart in the right place? Um, what am I supposed to do with this for some steps? And uh, I kind of popped down just as we were preparing for this, Jordan, five steps that I thought would be helpful to us. And uh, the first one of those is to, to take a careful inventory. Take a careful inventory. Yeah. What does it look like? You kind of mentioned that a minute ago. Just listen to what you're saying. Listen to the words coming out of your mouth and let that be an indicator of heart. Um, and, uh, hey, I've been doing this since I preached, since before I preached the message, but especially since then, because now I've got a lot of other people listening to my words as well. And uh, some mm-hmm. of them are enough to smile at me and uh, hold a finger up and go, wait a minute, is that what you meant to say? <laughs> um, you know, for instance, a very innocuous word for me is the word idiot. And, and sometimes, Many times I'm referring to myself when I talk about that. I'm like, man, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I did that. And, and hey, that's probably not build-up talk. My mom would have washed my mouth out soap probably if I'd gone around calling people an idiot. Um, even if you don't have evil motives necessarily, the conversation, the word itself has weight against it. So um, anyway, so yeah. that's, that's a thought there. Um, the second one, as you're taking inventory there, pray, Lord, reveal to me things I can't see about myself. And, uh, and then I think thirdly, having some friends around who help you see your blind spots. So, uh, I was in a conversation, uh, yesterday at the dinner table and, uh, was talking with Jody about something and I said, Oh, and that's, I think that this guy, he is such an idiot. And, uh, and I know it's terrible, but I just said it was flippant. And she said, he is. I said, uh, why are you helping me see that? I mean, it's just, it's so ingrained. Yeah. And just, it's yeah. an empty word it and it's normal. a dangerous word. Yeah. And yet I found it as part of my words. And then mm-hmm. listen, listen to the words that you say. So that's a big piece of it. And then uh, another way to see it is maybe their person's not helping you see your blind spots necessarily, but watch for the reaction of others. Sometimes the words we use, we don't know they have a reaction, but you've probably done this in your marriage or with your kids or something. You use a certain set of words and, and they might lean in. Or you use a certain set of words and they shrink back or repel yeah. or 
they get defensive, their arms cross, and they're ready to argue over something. And it's really the choice of words that we've used in that moment. I yeah. Think. Yeah. This is so important. It's, it's such a good topic, a lot to think about, a lot yeah. to think about this week. Yeah. And I think uh, we'll probably just unpack that in, uh, in some future episodes, some other ways. How can we get more specific about um, mentoring those around us mm-hmm. and, um, and then engaging the culture beyond us in that. But um, anyway, hey, man, thanks for letting me process some of this. And thank you for listening. Uh, I hope it's been a blessing to you. And uh, you may have some thoughts that uh, would benefit us in this. We're works in progress, just trying to learn our way through. So if you do, hit us up the contact information that follows and know that we'll look forward to seeing you again right here soon. Thank you for joining us for the My Home, My Mission podcast. If today's episode was helpful to you, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to contact Chris or Jordan, email us at home at inglewoodbaptist.com.